0: Oh, boy. Since last time we talked, uh, I went to go see David Politis with my wife. And uh, we met Boogie down there with his significant other and uh, uh, another listener, Sherry. We all kind of sat in one row and we listened to Mr. David Politis talk about all things concerning Missing 411 and Bigfoot. And I got to say. This was truly a mind-blowing kind of event. I've been following David Pilatus for many, many years now. Uh, We've been making videos about missing 411 passively off and on for, I I don't know, about four or five years now since I've been uh, aware of the phenomenon. And I've never heard David Pilatus give a talk like this. Now, before David Pilatus put out books about missing 411, he actually was a pretty uh, in-depth researcher when it comes to Sasquatch and Bigfoot. I haven't heard him mix the two topics, but in this talk that was put on by MUFON in Tempe, Arizona, he started off the first half of his three-hour lecture talking about Bigfoot and Sasquatch and his beliefs about everything that might be going on with that. Now, he did state up front just because he's talking about Bigfoot you shouldn't make the, the leap. You shouldn't make the correlation that that is a potential cause to the disappearances when it comes to missing 411. Do you understand that, Joe? You get me what I'm saying there? You, you understand? You shouldn't make that jump in logic. Noted. Okay. Now, I did capture some audio from my, my experience there, and I, I, got, uh, I got a lot of clips to get to. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to start off here. As best I can, I'll try to uh, uh, preface each one of these clips. Um, and I will preface uh, this by uh, saying that uh, David Place does have a book, and I, I do recommend it. It's called "Bigfoot, Wild Men, and Giants." I bought this there, and the reason why I bought this uh, there is because it's not necessarily anything that he wrote. These are just—it's uh, a, a collection of articles from the. 1680s all the way to the 1920s articles concerning uh, giant skeletons being discovered, uh, reports of wild men, wild men or Sasquatch and Bigfoot, all 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 news reports written down. So this is a a very interesting book, um, and uh, he touches on that all this stuff in in his talk. So in this uh, first little clip, I have from uh, David Politis, he talks about having more than one interest and what this first part of this talk that we'll be covering is. So here it is. Here's the first clip from David Pilatus concerning Bigfoot and everything else.
1: So a lot of people who have never read the books think that, oh, because Dave wrote books about Bigfoot, he must be implying that Bigfoot has something to do with missing 411. No! No! <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. People can't have two interests in life. <laughs> so today, I'm going to do something a little different, which I really don't do. But the first half of this program, we're going to talk about Bigfoot. And there's some things that are coming down the pike about Bigfoot that are going to shake up the world. And I know because I was contacted a few months ago about this and asked to be part of it.
0: All right, there's the first clip. Interesting, yeah. Um, with, as with everything that I've I've figured out, whether uh, it's it, it, these these all these different communities within the paranormal community, you have the you have the missing four eleven community, which I posted to uh, to let everyone know that hey, I went, uh, this is what I discovered when, when I saw David talk, and there are trolls and there are people very opinionated within the missing four eleven community about what is and isn't going on. Same with the Bigfoot community, there are people and researchers who are firmly firmly believe that bigfoot is like a north american ape like some kind of primate some kind of like north american gorilla and they reject all evidence or they cherry pick evidence that doesn't really support their belief system and likewise there are other people within the Big, bigfoot community that believe that sasquatch and bigfoot is human and that uh, that uh, that this human type of Uh, Sasquatch has certain powers and it it, is, what I'm saying, Joe, is like, it's very divisive. It's almost like a little microcosm of what's going on in America now with the Republicans, Democrats, uh, Trump versus anti-Trump, all that kind of shit. And it's the
2: same as like the 9-11 stuff, where it's like hologram planes and all this craziness.
0: Yeah, exactly. So in this next- Flat Earth. Flat Earth, Yeah. It's like you just can't have a conversation with somebody about, about what is going on. They want you to define your, your exact beliefs so they can pick, pick you apart and put you in a box. That's what they want. Totes. So in this, um, this next clip, David is talking about getting people who have witnessed Bigfoot, getting people who have a story to tell about Bigfoot to, to put their record down in an affidavit, something that can be uh, uh, filed with a court, something that's uh, important, like basically if you file with the court and if you're lying, then that's a pretty big deal. So he is talking about how do we get this data from eyewitnesses to, to mean a little bit more uh, concerning Bigfoot and what, the, what they're witnessing here. Here we go.
1: Affidavits. John Green was the first guy in the Bigfoot world that used affidavits. An affidavit in court is considered a legal factual document. So let's say that you come to me and you say, Dave, I was walking down the path, a Bigfoot crossed the trail in front of me. Okay, I sit down, I write it all up, and I put it in an affidavit form. And you sign under penalty of perjury that what you're saying is true and correct. That's an affidavit. It's submitted in court, it's a factual document. Nobody else has ever done that. No other Bigfoot group ever has done that or ever will do it in the future, I don't think. It's been eight years since I started it. i pitched it to every other Bigfoot group. Nobody wants to do it. So the biggest Bigfoot group in the world won't do it. And we've had four investigators from that group leave and ask to join my group. Why? Because they submitted reports, and the powers to be in that group Changed the words in their document to reflect it looked like an ape. And they quit. And they came to join us. Because that wasn't the first time the reports were changed. It was multiple, multiple times.
0: There you go. According to him, a uh, Bigfoot group fudging the numbers up there to make the data fit with their belief system. Mm. Like they have a vested interest. In this thing, this this Bigfoot, whatever, Sasquatch, being an ape. Because if it's anything other than that, then that goes against whatever kind of theory they have and could impact, I I don't know, their belief system.
2: Sure. Yeah, very similar to the way, like, Coca-Cola will pay for a study to confirm that fake sugar is, you
0: know, perfectly fine. Yes. Uh, In this, uh, this next clip here, David talks about employing some of the uh, investigative techniques that he used as while, while uh, being a police officer and applying that to researching uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch.
1: I knew when I was a policeman we used a forensic artist. Forensic artists would say interview a victim of a crime, they'd sit with the victim and draw a sketch of what the person saw of the suspect. Later on, when the suspect was apprehended, it would appear as though that artist sat with the suspect and drew their picture. That's how accurate it was. So I went out and I found the best forensic artist I could in the world, FBI trained. That was Harvey Pratt from the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation, the chief forensic artist for the state of Oklahoma. That drawing at the bottom, on the right, he sat with one of the witnesses and he drew that sketch on the right. This person murdered two people. Harvey's sketch was responsible for catching the guy on the left. Tell me how accurate that is. So, I knew I had something valuable. And I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my witnesses that I find in Hoopa sit down with Harvey and have them do the sketch of what they saw. It was revolutionary. Nobody's ever done that. And what it turned out is something phenomenal. First book was the Hoopa Project, and in that book, I had eight different sketches of Harper Lee. Did folks? All of them looked kind of human. None of them looked like an ape or a gorilla. None of them.
0: So right there, he mentioned uh, the Hoopa Project. That was. Uh, the project he was asked to, I, I think, be a part of to investigate Bigfoot and the origins. And there's a little backstory behind that. He was hired by this, uh, I think, startup company. And two guys who had Bigfoot experiences wanted him to investigate Bigfoot and find out what's going on. Since he had a background in, 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 uh, in investigative techniques and the police, they thought he'd be a, a good candidate to, to figure out uh, what's going on with the Bigfoot stuff. And as you heard right there, he was, he was employing forensic sketch artists to to take uh, the eyewitness accounts and turn them into something a little bit more tangible, a little bit more useful. And what he played, uh, uh, what he showed on screen right there when he said uh, the artist had a sketch of a criminal and then they had a picture right next to the criminal. I got to say, when we looked at that, the sketch artist was almost dead on. It was like 80 to 90% dead on with what the suspect was wearing and how he looked to what the eyewitness described to the artist and it was quite remarkable joe you know how it is when you're when you're sketching and uh, you're trying to get the details there is a certain uh talent and skill to to making someone else's vision uh become real real enough that mm-hmm. so you can identify it in the real world
2: yeah you'd have to be very clear linguistically on both sides
0: to, yeah to, you know Mm-hmm. so very fascinating stuff and so the Hoopa Project uh, David Pilatus has done um, multiple books talking about Bigfoot, what he has discovered what he thinks uh, is going on there and in this next clip he talks about DNA testing This is and this is a controversial thing when it comes to Bigfoot there are many many claims that they found hair in the woods that doesn't really look like anything else. They get it, to, to, they send it in for DNA testing. And it comes back as uh, human, or like everything that uh, that I've I've heard about DNA testing, all always comes back as something like, oh, it's it's just a deer or a bear. Like nothing comes back as ex- like super super extraordinary. And David says, well, the DNA testing that they have done. Uh, is, is because, well, what they're testing, uh, the, the, the actual data that they're testing is because, well, uh, it could be just humans. Here we go.
1: And the other thing we wanted to do is we had the funding, so we're, we're going to get DNA. And the thing we kept asking ourselves, why would all of these people in higher education who have access to grant money not do a grant to do a DNA study on Bigfoot. Because you hear about these people that are at these educational places that speak about Bigfoot, why aren't they writing a grant to do the study? We didn't understand it. So I went backwards in history and I found over 40 different tests that had been done on Bigfoot DNA in the previous years. Folks, listen carefully. Every one of those 40 came back as human. Huh. Every one of the 40 other tests came back as human. Now, you know what the people on the other side of the fence said? Well, they're all contaminated. That's why they're human. So if you know anything about DNA testing, before anything is tested, it's scrubbed clean eliminate any possibility of contamination
0: so this is where it starts to get a little weird joe this is where it starts to get it, it this is where it started to get weird for me during this talk because i went into the talk you know believing in bigfoot but also being on the side that bigfoot probably is like a like a north american ape it's a very unique kind of creature or or or, uh, a, sort of gorilla or orangutan, some sort of like weird mutation of that, but probably an ape. After this talk, I am now of the belief that it's not like a North American ape, that these things probably are exactly what David Politis s- says they are. I'm, I'm on Team Politis for this. Okay. Now, I, and I will play this. Um, because this directly relates to the book that he has Bigfoot, Wild Men, and Giants uh, I will say this like uh, David Pilatus, uh, he's done a good amount of research And um, we'll, we'll, I'll, just, uh, this, I'll just play this clip right here
1: Now, I also How this came about Is I've been in so many libraries and archival institutions In North America, I can't even tell you Doing research on missing people But in the back of my mind, every time I'd see a strange article, I'd cut it out, keep it. Cut it out, keep it. I had this folder that was huge. And it had to do with Bigfoot, Wild Man, and Giants. I'd see these articles in newspapers in the late 1800s and 1900s about Giants. How they found bones of a giant in a field in Missouri, or in a field in Ohio. And they called over the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian came and took custody of the giant's bones. Human giant bones. Remember this, not giant animal bones, human giant bones, many, many times, also in the same areas where they were making sightings of wild men. So you follow this? Now this book is the size of like a tabletop book. It's big, so I could put an article in its entirety and you could read it. It's powerful stuff because even if you're a skeptic, it's hard to rationalize that somebody was lying back in the 16, 17, 1800s about this topic.
2: It just wasn't happening.
0: We've talked about these uh, many times before, Joe. Oh yeah,
2: Jim Vieira, the big the the TEDx talk that got pulled down.
0: Yeah. Uh, these giant structures that uh, were built, the giant mounds, skeletons that were found in the you know, maybe 1800s, early 1900s, and the Smithsonian was called in. Those those bones are gone; they're disappeared. This book yeah. that he he put out, and you can find a lot of these articles online, is this chock full of like articles of like people that witnessed uh giant skeletons, found some giant bones, and called somebody in, and then and then next thing you know, they're gone. So. People are asking, why aren't Bigfoot bones found? Well, maybe they have been. Maybe the Bigfoot are giants or the descendants of the giants or in some way, um, like a lost tribe. Like the giants aren't gone. They're still around. They are those things. Um, and that's what he's kind of getting at. And uh, David, uh, in his next clip, recounts uh, early 1920s uh, story, and this is fascinating. It's about Native Americans and uh, their take on what's going on.
1: Here's a story Big hairy Indians back of ape tail. Mountain devil mystery grows deeper. Giants said to roam the hills. So, in this article in 1924, there were a group of hikers in the Pacific Northwest that saw these things throwing rocks at them from up on this hill. They went to the sheriff and they told the sheriff what they saw and the sheriff says is getting together a posse to go out and kill these things well three native american groups get together and they hold a press conference and what they say at the press conference is folks don't go out after these things if you kill one of them they'll kill ten of you and they aren't animals they're people we trade with them regularly they have a language and they've been here way before you and I have been here. So don't do it. This was in 1924. They have language, they're people, and they have special powers that you don't understand. And they can mimic anything in the woods. They said this in 1924. Now, why wasn't that ever put in front of the public? Because they're feeding garbage at you
0: there you go. Special powers, and some of the special powers that uh, he he kind of went on to describe is being able to uh, possibly stun at a bit of a distance, uh, a little bit of hypnosis or hypnotism, uh, causing queasiness in some of the victims. Common, um, but that's just what uh, some of the the folklore and legends uh, are around that. So there you go. You got some Native Americans saying, "Nah, nah, you know those hairy uh, people." Their tribe They've got their own yeah. language. They're people. They're not animals, yeah. which is quite. I mean, think about it. If um, there there are shows, whole shows around capturing Bigfoot. There's a whole. There's a show called Killing Bigfoot. And if it's not an animal and it's an actual human, you have a show around killing a human or some weird tribe that just happens to be full of like you know anywhere from seven. To twelve foot members, giants. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it makes me think of uh, the Neanderthal or whatever. However, you're supposed to say it. Where it's you know the the thought is that evolution, if you believe in that kind of thing, uh, there was a divergence, and some people became more like current human beings, and some people became more like Neanderthals, and you know they looked very similar, but. You know, if you believe in the Darwin stuff, that human beings just had better capacities to survive and adapt. Yeah. So there are very divergent species in all realms of like. I I think like everything, like even like avocados, I'm pretty sure are related to bananas, uh, or closely related to bananas. You know what I mean? They diverged at one
0: point. Sweet potato poon. I think it's related to sweet potato poon. Might be
2: related to the sweet potato poon. Which I heard goes really good with a little bit of whipped cream.
0: Well, you know he uh, he did some other research that there there is um, reports of like from Vedic texts from like five thousand years ago of something called like a wood demon, and this wood demon would, <laughs> would 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 perform and act much in the same way as some of and have some of the sa- same characteristics as some of the Sasquatch, although. They, all, they have like this ability when they basically show up on the, the scene, the weather changes with them, which is kind of like a hallmark of missing 411. Uh, so that kind of leans into missing 411 a little bit. Um, but very fascinating, the, a force demon from Vedic text. In this uh, next clip here, this is going to go more into the DNA and what they discovered. I uh, have two clips on this, and then we'll wind, start to wind things down. Here we go.
1: Again, I'm not going to go through it all, but it's just more supportive evidence. When the study analyzes mitochondrial DNA, there's two types of DNA, nuclear, mitochondrial. Nuclear, you get out of blood, you get out of tissue. That will show the father's side of the equation. Mitochondrial shows the mother's. Skin tags, the big tested the human, every one point cannot be stressed enough. Non-human hair yielded human DNA. When you link the eyewitness testimony that witnesses saw a large hairy bite to leaving the hair, you know you have empirical evidence that Bigfoot is human. Hybrid. Human hybrid.
0: There we go. Human hybrid is what he is saying there. Hmm. So human hybrid with kind of what? So he goes into the results of this. Uh, here we go.
1: So, we had nuclear and mitochondrial DNA, we sent it, and they said, well, the female side of your testing comes from the Middle East 12 to 15,000 years ago. Here's the kicker. The male side, they called us about it and said, in
3: the history of GenBank, we have never had that DNA come through.
1: There is no match.
0: So there is no match, and this kind of goes into weird. I, I, I mean, it goes into some weird territory, like with like the nephilim, the the offsprings of the sons of gods. Uh, this goes into uh, some old uh, Bible stuff, but also kind of uh, Mesopotamian and Babylonian stuff of these giants or fallen fallen ones that have uh, decided to have sex or mate with certain humans, and the offspring would be the the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch in some, some way. And this is where it gets goofy, man. This is where it gets really goofy. Okay. So, um... If you can go to his uh, NA Bigfoot uh, research uh, online. You can check out. So I think he's got like, DNA stuff on uh, his websites, like nabigfootsearch.com, and plenty of books out there and, and links to the missing 411 stuff. In this last clip here that I will play from the talk, it goes into the maybe the capabilities and maybe the, um, the supernatural nature around Bigfoot and Sasquatch. But uh, this is um, interesting, and i got to play it for you guys. Here we go.
1: Now, Bruce McAbee is a physicist that's done a lot of work for MoveOn. I consider him a really good friend. He was in our second movie. He's an expert with photo analysis, expert, probably the best in the world. He sent me this photo, and if you can see at the top, there's a little orange. And down here, this is an eye. And what happened was is a deer walked up to a game camera and triggered it. But this is facing the west. and it was taken at five in the morning. so it couldn't have been the sun coming up climbing up for that orange. This is a photo of the top side. There's a conical head, and it's really hard to see in this, but there's also two eyes there. And I asked Bruce, what in the heck is that? He says, Dave, this matches about five or six photos that were sent to me of like a portal opening up and an orange horizon in the background. Folks, very similar Very similar to what was seen at Skinwalker Ranch by retired FBI agents. When a portal opened up above the horizon on the land and they saw Bigfoot crawl out of the window frame and jump down onto the land. There was this orange background.
0: So that is uh, true that they did see some weird stuff at Skinwalker Ranch and a couple of the scientists did in fact see uh, a portal open up and some sort of creature, a large creature, uh, very uh, dark, uh, kind of wiggle out of this portal, uh, flap out into the ground and run into the woods. That, that is true. Whether it was a Bigfoot or not, kind of, you know, uh, undetermined, indeterminate at this point. Um, there's a, a lot of things around that. I, uh, I can I can play that right here. I have a, a, a bit from that Skinwalker series about that portal, and then I'll talk more about that picture.
4: These are these are world class guys who saw this stuff. They had an incident where they they got two guys up on, on Skinwalker Ridge who are sort of watching with infrared and, and telescopes, and then two other guys are down below. And the guys who are below see this like a, a dirty snowball of yellow light hanging maybe a foot off the ground, in the middle pasture. You know, George Plastic Chair Pasture. Um, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and they're talking on the walkie-talkie to the guys upstairs, and they say, uh, up at the, on the ridge, and they say, can you see this thing? Yeah, we're watching it. And this ball starts getting bigger, and then it kinda gets elongated until it looks like a tunnel. And you guys still watching this? Yeah, and the guys with the infrared said, hey, there's something inside this thing. And sure enough, this large, humanoid-looking creature starts wriggling through the tunnel from one side, trying to get to the other, as if it's coming from somewhere else.
0: That's George Knapp right there talking about the he co-wrote the Skinwalker Ranch book. Um, so, what what we saw on screen that you guys couldn't see, um, so when we were actually in the talk, is a, a picture that David played his hand up on screen that was given to him by Bruce McAbee, optif- optical physicist which it appeared to be like a deer in the foreground and then in the background uh, some orange light that had um that had a hard stop it almost kind of looked like a bit of a doorway and it was brighter at the very top of the doorway and kind of like gradient uh, like there's like a gradient down it was interesting kind of difficult to tell what it is um fascinating stuff i don't know if i'm ready to make the leap that there are I, I like the idea of portals, you know, and I like the idea that there's there's some sort of element or some sort of way to control these portals, especially around missing four eleven. I guess I don't know uh if I'm ready to make the the, the leap that a uh, bigfoot this race of giants also can't control portals as well, I mean I mean why not this is pile it all together, Joe. They have yeah. they have ray guns, they have teleporters, they have portals, they have hypnosis. They're I don't know. I
2: don't around with aliens. Got their own language. Yeah. can take the sh- form of anything in the woods. Yeah, it's all too convenient.
0: They're uh they're they're wood demons. They're wood elves. I I'm on board with I'm on board with that the uh, the idea that these are uh, a race of giants. They're not like necessarily a a gorilla. Or a primate like that. They're like a race of giants. They're something else. They're, they're yep. just something different. I'm okay with that.
2: And if you look at that Jim Vieira talk, he does have uh, news clippings and articles that show pictures of these giants. So you can kind of see how big they are compared to the the people in them. So no, it's a good combo for people yeah. interested in this stuff.
0: And this is like fascinating. This was like the first half of this talk, what, which I found to be kind of, Fascinating, cause I, we, when we went there, I was fully expecting just to get three hours of uh, Missing 411 talk because uh, he's, he's got a new book out about Canada, and th- this was a pleasant surprise. I was like, whoa, this is cool. I uh, haven't heard this before, and especially uh, by by him. I know some other people that are much more familiar with his book uh, research have said that they've heard this talk about six, seven years ago, but uh, it was nice to hear this. And in close proximity to missing 411. I know he says don't make that leap to think that one is responsible for the other. Um I don't know, but then we you know we had stories like not even but last but last year, Joe, I don't know if you remember, there was this toddler, I believe in Kentucky, this 2-year-old that went missing for a few days. They found this kid in the briar bush, and when the kid came came to, he said a bear took care of me.
2: Yes, I, yes, I you remember, I remember the, this. You remember that? Wasn't like, he on a, like a very high place, like at a high yes. elevation?
0: Yeah, he was like yeah. like 50 feet up or 50 yards up. Not that far away from his house, by the way, either. He wasn't far away from the house. And he said, a, yeah. bear, a bear took care of me. Crazy. Oh, yeah, a bear took care
2: of you. Oh, right. Well, but, you know, <laughs> kids, they're kind of known to have wild imaginations. But still, to have a kid that young out in the wilderness, you know, yeah uh, but yeah like if his language isn't as uh sophisticated as obviously you know as you get to be an adult or a, a man child like uh like my like me yes like we can comprehend the idea of a, a divergent species of giant you know this kid's probably got five animals he knows
0: yeah i mean the kid this sees a, a bear i mean if i've if I was lost in the woods, I'd say, hey, this race of giants, they took me behind this bush, and, you know. They're giving
2: they, me a knobber. They're
0: giving me a knobber, but they, then they let me go. I <laughs> that
2: bear didn't give that kid a knobber.
0: That, that's not right. They Bears shouldn't be giving knobbers to anybody. I think that would hurt.
2: Yes, it'd be very toothy.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, 614-388-9109. You guys can give a call in about... Uh, about anything you heard right here. I'm not going to get into the missing 411 stuff uh, because I didn't have time to pull any clips from that, although that was fascinating. I found the the Bigfoot stuff in relation to giants and, and wild men to be just, uh, I don't know, just... Uh, it just tickled my fancy, Joe. It tickled my fancies. It's just what I needed. It,
2: it, the guy's good at tell, uh, presenting. Yes. I could, I'll say that much. He can tell a compelling story.
0: Uh, yeah. And it uh, it's... Uh, it's very divisive. You, uh, you, you, can, you can tell, I mean, uh, the people who are, are heavily invested in Bigfoot being an, an ape or some sort of primate, they don't want to buy into giants. They don't want to buy into the possibility of a race of giants. Same, with, same thing happened to Jim Vieira when he gave that, pres- that TED talk. I know. It's like he just discovered something and presented the information, and then he got blackballed. He was blacklisted like some kind of communist back in the 50s. I wonder what he's doing now.
2: It's a good question. I wonder if he's on Twitter. Yeah, something like
0: that. I wonder if he's on Twitter.
2: But yeah, they had to—they had to do like a whole PR management thing when it came out because, like, I remember when I when we first uh, come across it, it was like, man, there's there's a shitload of
0: evidence here. I would
2: have never have guessed that there was.
0: Yeah. Uh, Caller, you are on the air.
2: Hey, how y'all doing?
0: good
3: blaze in florida
0: blaze in florida what's going on dude
3: Woo! talking about that bigfoot man i mean it's it's just funny because you guys remember that show monster quest
0: of course i do
3: yeah <laughs> that show was like it's weird watching it back now because it's like came out years before all this finding big bigfoot crap right uh-huh. And they they were actually at least making it look like they were actually looking for stuff, with some you know equipment. They had like boats or whatever, whatever they're looking for, for Bigfoot. But I don't know if it's like like you guys talked about with the aliens, like the soft disclosure, you know?
0: Well, possibly. It's, well, it's here, these, here's what I can say, say to that. So dur- during the talk. David Plater said he just talked to one of the, one of the Monster Quest guys the day before, and they talked for an hour. David told him what he was going to come talk about, and so the Monster Quest guys and their their entire production, at least some of the, the people who make decisions on how the story should roll or did roll, uh, they guided it towards uh, Sasquatch being a North American ape and not a giant, even though the the guy he talked to was on David Plater's side. He's like, I agree. It's probably like some sort of lost tribe of giants, not necessarily an ape. So there are television pr- production elements that are pushing an agenda for it to be a primate.
3: That's why it, it's all this is connected. Everything, you know, like they have a certain agenda they want for whatever you know truth we know is out there, and that's you know seen with our either people have seen with their own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. If you believe eyewitness testimony or whatever evidence you can find. Right, but you know, they don't acknowledge it. And just like with everything else, we'll never they'll never tell anything. Anything about JFK won't be out for until a hundred years after he died, until like twenty sixty.
0: I don't think All it ever will be. Juicy stuff. It never so, will be.
3: There's too so, much so too much gonna, on the
4: line. They're gonna sure. make
3: it like as weird it, as weird a story as they can, it seems like.
2: Well, I well think, and if you if you take the term the occult, uh to mean what I think occulting broadly means to hide information and there there is this effort to hide information and there always has been like not allowing you know the serfs to read for so long because you needed the ministers and the preachers to be uh you know basically uh beholden to the royalty or whoever was leading and they would communicate that stuff to you we don't want you knowing any of this stuff
0: yeah. What if, you know, like, even this, the show I'm watching right now is called Expedition Bigfoot. It's the one we talked about a few weeks ago. They're using the highest technology that they, they got algorithms to kind of decide. They're approaching it as if it is a primate, some sort of, like, North American skunk ape. Uh, they're not approaching it like it's a race of giants or, some, or the tribal humanistic aspect to it, the Nephilim. They're not even talking about that. What if we? I mean, why is it so wrong to consider the possibility that it is like a lost tribe of giants? Because then, then that proves like some something in the Bible, or that our history is much more rich and deep and complex than than what we think it is. Of
2: course, yeah, they got to put a veneer over it, and as soon as you start bringing up that the Smithsonian had some kind of hand in in occulting this information. That's one big tick against the establishment. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's where you people are like, well, what else are you lying about? You the, Epstein, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. the Epstein thing really opened up a lot of people's minds yeah. to the idea like you guys are really full of crap, aren't you? Because a lot of people just kind of brainlessly trust the news is actually trying to get the information out there and the history books are correct. But I don't know. The more you kind of look into the stuff they tell you not to, you're you're like, eh, yeah. A lot on the line it's if like this the, kid's out.
3: It's like they're throwing us a bone, you know, with, like, the Epstein shit.
0: Kind of.
3: Sorry to curse. To some extent. Yeah. All yeah, the Epstein No, nah, you're fine.
0: A, really, this is a family show.
3: It's okay. I was going to say, I'm trying to keep it family. Good, I
0: appreciate know? that. I really do.
3: And uh, all the Epstein stuff, talk about distractions. They're, you know, giving you, throwing you little bones about aliens and Bigfoot on actual news sources when, you know. Ten years ago, when Monster Quest was out, they they would never cover that, right? Mm-mm. They would never cover the Arizona, like a, the Monster Quest did the Arizona lights, like you're talking about. They did that. They covered all that, but they would never put that on the news.
0: Yeah. Oh, <sighs> Well, I tell you what, man. Um, I, I I don't know if this is like a marketing thing that David did, but he did say during during the talk, he said. Within, within the next six months, there's going to be some big things concerning Bigfoot coming down the pike. But, I, I mean, I, you, the UFO community has been saying that the same thing for a long time. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I will b- believe the evidence when I see it. What's that, Blaze? What's hmm. that, Blaze? like a big Coming out. You're getting, sounds it sounds like you're getting uh, ducted.
2: Yeah. He's getting tased uh, yeah. by, everywhere. Everywhere. by an ancient a giant.
0: Uh, yeah, you're getting. So, it sounds like someone's giving you a knobber, Blazer. We gotta, giving
2: me a
3: knobber. We
0: got to let you go, buddy, okay?
3: All right, you, you guys You guys have a good
0: one. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. Good call. Right. Yeah, good call, Blazer.
2: It seemed like, yeah, it's a, a, something happened with the connection towards yeah. the end where it started bouncing
0: back. It just, yeah, it sounded like I was talking to myself, which is fun. You know, I love talking to myself, but it's just loony These dreams. computers, I tell you. Yeah, these computers <laughs> get crazier and crazier. There's no doubt about that.
2: <laughs>